This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. Hello and welcome to Caregiver's Compass. I'm your host, Stephanie Muscat, social worker and therapist. Please note that this podcast is not the act of psychotherapy. So today I am so excited. We have Bill Cohen. Bill Cohen is a caregiver support group leader and speaker, an Alzheimer's Association volunteer, a certified senior advisor, and the owner of Cohen Caregiving Support Consultants. I met Bill through the Instagram community, and we have formed a pretty great connection over the past few months. I feel honored to be able to speak with him pretty regularly, and I think he's a really, really incredible person and a true example of really when life gives you lemons, you turn it into lemonade. So at least that's how I see it. Well, I like to say limoncello. Limoncello. (laughs) even more, uh, much more fancy. So I'm going to pass it off to Bill. Bill, can you tell us a bit about your experience as a caregiver first and foremost? Hi, Steph. I'm really honored and excited myself to be here with you today uh, to uh, do something together uh, beyond what we've been doing on social media. So if, what I like to say is you had told me 16, 17 years ago what was going to transpire with my mom myself, my family, and that I'd be sitting here today talking to you, I'd say you're crazy. Couldn't make up that scenario. So long story short, I was working for the state of Oregon. Uh, My mom lived lived in Biloxi, Mississippi, and she was showing some signs of something. Confusion, anxiety, uh, not taking care of the finances, not taking care of the house. We knew something was wrong. Also, she was in the caregiver role herself from my late stepfather. We knew something was wrong. We were thinking, though, maybe she's just stressed out. She's getting older. We didn't jump to the conclusion she had dementia, let alone Alzheimer's. Who would do that? That was the first time I was in denial myself. (laughs) We hear that word a bit. But we wondered if he passed away or went into a care community, would she bounce back? Unfortunately, what happened on the Gulf Coast in New Orleans in August, 2005, Hurricane Katrina. The home that she lived in for almost 30 years completely swept away in the storm surge. She fully expected to come back to the house. The trauma of seeing it gone exacerbated and accelerated her condition, whatever it was coming on. She was evacuated to North Carolina. She was with other family after that. In Florida, I was doing the long distance caregiving. I was attending a support group. I started talking to a care community in Southwest Portland where I live. And I moved her out here in 2008 into a really nice care community where I wanted her in the first place. And it was less than a year in assisted and four years in memory care. She passed away uh, a little over eight years ago uh, at age 83. So that was 2013. So that's where the caregiving role came. And I thought uh, I was going to continue with the support group. I'd go for a while, help others through the, uh, their own journey, like others helped me. I became the facilitator 
I'm not going to get into all the reasons why, but you know, it wasn't what I was expecting. And then I got involved with the fundraising with the walk to end Alzheimer's and other advocacy and awareness, et cetera. But as I approached retirement from my state job, my government job, completely unrelated, by the way, <laughs> I'm not a social worker, I'm not a, a medical professional, uh, I came across this concept of a caregiving support consultant. And that's what you do now. That is what I do now. So basically, to sum it up, I turn my personal loss and my pain into my passion and what I like to use the term encore career. And I'm just going to step back a little bit and then I want to get back into the into the daily life of what you do, because I think it's it's really, really interesting. So did you have siblings or any family members near your mom at the time that she started declining? Yes, my uh, younger brother was in that area and he helped evacuate her. He actually left the picture at that point, was not around, wasn't supportive. Other family was on the East Coast. In fact, actually, the whole family became, it became collaborative. We, everybody stepped to help support my mom and my stepfather to get them settled again at first in uh, North Carolina and then later in Florida. So, and then in my the aunt in Florida first took care of mom for a couple of years, and then I did. So it almost became then a sequential thing. When I moved her out here, my wife supported me, not so much the hands-on or involved with the day-to-day things, but she was very supportive of me. My other aunt moved out from Manhattan, New York, and stayed, uh, and she was here in a supportive role. She was visiting with her, but we would take turns uh, seeing mom and making sure she was in good shape at the care community. So yeah, it was in many aspects, all different ways, but it became most of the roles, most of the duties fell upon me, the financial, the legal, uh, taking care of the real estate after the, after the storm, taxes, you name it, I dealt with it. How did you decide that she was going to come live near you having family near her? How did that all happen? Good question. Again, it was sequential. First, it was the step family. Then it was my aunt and uh, I guess he's a step uncle. Uh, they took care of her for about a year and a half, almost two years. But we had always talked about mom and or my stepfather coming out here. So it was just getting too much for my relatives to handle it. And so, and even though we were working full time, both of us, uh, we moved her out here, but I knew that she would be in good hands. It was a faith-based nonprofit care community, had an excellent reputation. And I think I mentioned before, it was the only place that I wanted her if she could get in and if she could afford it. In fact, I tell a little story, which came out and visited first with my aunt. Uh, she walks into the lobby, very nice building, like many of these are, looks like a hotel. This is nice. I can live here. Can I afford it? Mm, a little white lie inside my head. Yes, mom. For now, she could. She was going to be running out of money and she did about a year later at the exact same moment she had to go into memory care. Mm-hmm. So even though I wasn't doing much of the hands-on care, partly because it's my mom, I wasn't going to be bathing and toileting her if she was lucid at all. She wouldn't have had that, but I was handling every other possible thing. Of course, like when I flew her out here, or if I took her to a movie or took her to a restaurant, I made sure she was safe. I would have stepped in an emergency in the bathroom or wherever if I had to, but uh, it wasn't that much. But I've taken many courses 
from the All-Time Association. Uh, you may have heard of Teep of Snow from the Carolinas and other good uh, caregiving courses. So I have a good background in that as well uh, from what I needed. But everything behind the scenes is, to me, is just as important. I mean, you're not bathing her per se. You're not, you know, changing her, but all of the behind the scenes and coordination and dealing with the legal aspects and the medical care and all of that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy and it really can play on your emotions as well. So there is a lot in that. I wouldn't downplay that. No, I don't at all. And I remind caregivers, even if you're not doing that, you are a caregiver. You are handling aspects of it. And I think that one of the biggest words that I used back then and I'm uh, still using to this day is advocacy. Advocate for your loved one, for your family member, because they can't. Definitely. And I've, and I've had a lot of experience now dealing with the administrators, the executive directors, the social workers, the nurses, the CNAs, et cetera. So, and I think it's important to build a relationship, communicate with them, be present, work with them. You don't have to be, you know, nasty about it. You can, you know, we, as we know, we can get more with honey than with uh, vinegar. And so now you're a caregiver consultant yourself, right? And so what can you tell us what exactly does a caregiver consultant do in the grand scheme of everything? Sure, no problem. And I'm going to ask you a question, and it's, it's more rhetorical because I, I know you know the answer because you've been in, our, in the shoes with me and many other caregivers, is when you think about how you feel or felt as a caregiver, what words come to mind? Um, loneliness, isolation, feelings of being overwhelmed, confusion, loss, grief. Right. Plus all the financial burdens. In fact, there, I look up some statistics for caregivers in both Canada and the States, and it talked about an estimated, this is 2016, so it's obviously been updated, uh, $1.6 billion of unpaid care in Canada. And it was expected to increase it to about two and a half billion Canadian dollars in 2032. Uh, and it's like 250 billion in the States. So, and, and you can imagine if they weren't doing that. We don't have the funds, we don't have, the system can't handle it if they weren't stepping up and doing that care. So imagine if someone could help those caregivers through all those issues and those feelings that we just talked about, and all, because I've done all those things myself on all those issues, including the financial, legal, the care, et cetera, help them through the journey, coordinate and collaborate with all the different service providers, professionals, help them reduce their stress, help them sleep better at night, uh, save them time and money, help them manage the care and the behaviors of their loved one, help them practice self-care and also prevention because that can not only be good for them, but to some extent, it may help slow down the progression by having better nutrition, having keeping active socially, mentally, physically, et cetera. Yeah. And it's, it's so important. And, you know, you work with, as you've said, you work with clinicians such as myself, you know, you help your clients find and navigate the community and find if they're going through a lot of emotional upheaval, for example, you might help them find a therapist, which is what I do. So you're such an important, essential partner in this whole journey. 
And you also facilitate these groups that you were a part of, and you have a really great following and a lot of people who really depend on you and see you as the expert in this community. And so I'm just curious, you know, do you really see, I mean, it's terrible when your mom gets sick and when you see the progression and you see the changes, but do you almost see it as like, this was fate, like this was meant to be, it's, it's really changed my life around and gave, given me a purpose that I didn't see before. Yeah. I'm not so sure if it was fate, Yeah, but it seems like everything I was doing before the last several years led to this point. Now, I've been in the hospitality industry. I've been in financial services. As we said, I work for the government. But what's a common thread? Customer service, helping people, nurturing. Yeah. I think that's one of my strengths. And to, and no, I didn't expect, again, as I said earlier, that to be doing this today. Again, when I was going to retire from the state, I thought I was just going to do more volunteer work. But as I looked into it and I talked to people in, Canada and US, et cetera, Australia, about what they do and how they help people, how they market themselves, how they get paid, and came to this realization, this is what I want to do. This, like I said, my passion, my encore career, it was it was meant to be. So it's funny, I, I use the word fate because my grandmother used to refer to it a lot. It's something that, you know, it's really the perspective of the the beholder, but I really you know, the way that I look at things is based off our conversations with, with my grandmother and how I've seen things. So yeah, definitely that comes from my perspective and, but it, it is really interesting to see how you've used that and turned your life around in a similar way that I did too. Um, and I find that really neat because you can really help people because you have that firsthand experience and that firsthand knowledge. And you are so passionate about what you do. It is so evident in everything that you do. And you are just, you seem so full of energy, so alive, so content. And this is a choice you made because you retired (laughs) and you said this. Yeah. So (laughs) exactly. Right. But it's a choice you made. And it's just so evident how much you care for this and how much you care for other people. And I'm, I'm always so inspired by you. So. Yeah. That that public sector position, there were some aspects about it. I'm not going to get into it. It's like I said, it was a completely unrelated area, but that was primarily for the benefits and the compensation. Yeah. And and I, and I actually gave the, uh, the agency two years notice. I said, when I hit 25 years, sorry, you can't pay me enough. I'm out of here. <laughs> and that, and again, what I'm doing now still is not on my radar. Right. In fact, the last uh, four months that I was working, I had already started the business. I used all my vacation pay to get this going because I really want to. And between helping clients and doing the support groups and the various uh, volunteer work and networking, it doesn't feel like work. Right. And, and I love to say that I'm happier than I used to be, healthy as I'm trying to be, and busy as I want to be. But what a dream. I mean, most people, you know, I'm sure people love their jobs here and there, but a lot of people are in it for the compensation and supporting themselves and possibly supporting a family. And so I think it's 
really remarkable that you've been able to find this and it's something that continues to drive you and really, you know, gets you up in the morning and gets you throughout your day. I think it's, it's really great. So where can people find you, Bill? So two main areas. One would be the obvious website, Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, caregivingsupport.com, CohenCaregivingSupport.com. My email is similar, Bill at CohenCaregivingSupport.com. But I also, and you alluded to, one of my support groups is virtual. It will remain that way, even as my others are returning to in-persons, like so many. It's a dementia support group for caregivers with Bill Cohen. Uh, it's a community that's getting close to 600 people. And what I love to say, it's on people in six continents, not to mention most of the states and most of the provinces. Amazing. Yeah. No, that's incredible. And I'll make sure that I put all that information in our show notes so that people can find you. You're also on Instagram. People can find you on there as well. Are you just under Bill Cohen on Instagram? Uh, Cohen Caregiving Support. Cohen Caregiving Sports. Mm-hmm. But on Clubhouse, Clubhouse, I went with App Dementia Support. So people find it that way better. Fair. I don't really use Clubhouse, but I, I hear it's very up and coming. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. you to give it a try. I think you have a, a voice and I think a lot of people would love to hear on that platform as well when you have the time. <laughs> I'll figure that platform out at some point. <laughs> Bill, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate what you're doing for the community and really thank you so much for coming on here. Thanks for having me and keep up the good work that you're doing as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. Please note that I'm currently booking discovery calls on my website for one-on-one private therapy sessions. If you are interested, please check it out at compassionandcaregiving.com. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.